0: Hello and welcome to Radical Candor, a podcast from Panoply and Gretchen Rubin's Onward Project about how not to hate the boss you have or be the boss you hate. I'm Kim Scott, co-founder of Candor Inc., former executive at Google and Apple, CEO coach at Twitter, Dropbox, and a bunch of other great companies. I'm also the author of Radical Candor.
1: And I'm Russ Laraway, also co-founder of Candor Inc. and career-long operational manager across the Marines, Google, and Twitter.
0: Today on the show, we're talking about body language. Most of communication is nonverbal, and there is a lot you can learn from body language. This, of course, applies to all aspects of life, but we've got some ideas for how body language can help you out specifically at work. Throughout the episode, we'll share a story about getting feedback through body language.
1: We'll share a listener story about sending a nonverbal message without realizing it.
0: And we'll finish with tips for how body language can help you at work in our CANDOR checklist. Let's get started.
1: We talk a lot about in-person communication on our blog posts and in the tips in the CANDOR Coach app. And really, it's all about what you can learn from body language. So today... We're excited to have guest Amy Chang on the show to tell us a story about how body language helped her out.
0: Amy is a good friend of mine and Russ's from Google and she is the founder and CEO of a company. If you haven't downloaded the Accompany app, you should do it immediately. You will never be unprepared for a meeting again.
1: Yeah, it's really it's a really good tool. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Amy.
2: It's my pleasure, you two. Completely my pleasure.
0: Amy, you have such a great story about talking with an employee and making a big realization based on body language. Do you mind telling us a story?
2: Not at all. I was sitting with one of our team, and imagine this guy. He's super bright, very earnest guy, you, just one of those faces where they're kind, they're always looking at you with their eyes slightly widened, works crazy hard, and just has this great attitude. And let's call him Charlie. And one of the services we provide right, is intelligently detecting which people you don't already know well so that when you're meeting with them, we can serve email briefings to you. And our algorithms were missing some people and users were kind of vehemently complaining about why they hadn't gotten these briefings. So this guy has been working late into the night, doing some pattern matching and figure out what's gone wrong. And he's giving me the results late that night and we're going over it. And I start asking questions and this poor guy, I look over and Charlie's face just has these two flags of color and he's just done this dry swallow. And I felt so bad and I could tell in that moment that I was stressing him out, like really, really stressing him out. So we stopped and I said, Yeah, so he's
0: blushing like you now know what it feels like to make somebody sweat.
2: Yeah, and I felt terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. And he's just worked his (laughs) off for this team and for our users. And this is how I made him feel. I could see it and I felt so bad. And so we stopped and I basically said, Okay, I can tell that I'm not helping here. So let me just shut up and let you speak. And then I'll ask you questions at the end. And you let me know when it's time for me to ask questions. And I just zipped it. And it went so much better. It went so much faster. He already had a way he wanted to talk about it. It was logical. And I should have just let him finish the poor guy. So that was a massive lesson to me. And now when people are coming in and presenting, I just try to be quiet for the first few minutes, at least, before I start asking the questions. And it's actually gone a lot faster. It's a lot more efficient.
0: And I think one of the most important things and hardest things about being a great boss is learning how to accept and pick up on that nonverbal feedback.
2: I could not agree more. As you guys have pointed out, you can't expect people to sit there and be proactive about giving you really tough feedback because it's scary right and they're busy they don't want to offend you all these all yeah. these things where they have a lot to
1: risk by telling you Amy that is such a killer point they do have a lot to risk which is why it's really another reason why i think the nonverbals are so important because even when people are not willing to take that risk by giving feedback explicitly if you're paying attention to nonverbals you could get the feedback anyway Amy such a great story thank you so much for sharing it with us And with our listeners.
0: Thanks a million. It's always great to chat with you, Amy. Well, thanks for having me on. Listeners, let us know if you have stories about reading someone else's body language in order to get feedback. Email us at podcast at radicalcandor.com or leave us a voicemail at 2626candor.
1: And speaking of voicemail, today we're excited to share a listener voicemail on the show for the first time. We've gotten some great questions and stories on our voicemail, and we're excited to incorporate more of them into the show going forward. If you have a story to share or a question to ask, give us a call at 2626 CANDER and leave us a message. We had a listener, Kristen, from Indianapolis, call in to tell us a story about receiving feedback on her body language. Let's hear it in her voice.
3: I was listening to your episode 2 about direct feedback, and I had a story that that reminded me of. I was young, uh, working for the state of Indiana, and I had to deal with a lot of external people, like advocates for people with disabilities, and they were very aggressive in their beliefs and very straightforward and very difficult to deal with, and so I'm in a meeting with them, and apparently my thoughts and feelings about what they were saying was showing And one of my superiors at the agency said, can we hold for a second? And she pulled me out of the meeting and she said, baby, you got to get your game face on. So that's all she said. And we turned around and walked back in. And I remember that more than any other career advice I've ever gotten because very direct, in the moment, and helped me tremendously. Just thought you guys might enjoy that story. Have a good day.
0: I love that quote, baby, you got to get your game face on.
1: It's it's great.
0: It's It is so true. I'll never forget one time there was a new manager on our team at Google, and she had this terrible ambivalence about becoming a manager. It's the ambivalence which I call the you hate the man, you are the man, you hate the man, you are the man kind of ambivalence about becoming a manager. And I remember in her first meeting with her team, I was sitting in to sort of give her some coaching, and she was sitting slouched in this way, Everything about her body language screamed, I don't want to be here. And I think this whole thing is BS. And <laughs> and it was, it, was wow. not, it was not good for her team. It was kind of demoralizing.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you just imagine the boss, you know, the person who's supposed to play a big role in setting the tone. I, you know, one of the Marine Corps' leadership. Principles or traits, excuse me, is enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. And nothing communicates enthusiasm (laughs) as well as your body language. And certainly the opposite can be true. You have to remember that in addition to looking at other people's body language, your own body language is also communicating to others. And often that's really great because what a great way to communicate your own sincerity or your personal caring. If that stuff's true in your heart, it will come through in your body language.
0: And if it's not, it's like the eagle said, you can't hide your lion eyes, right? It's going to come through. So make sure that your words reflect how you really feel. We love this story. Thank you so much, Kristen, for calling in and sharing it with us. We look forward to hearing from more of you all listening out there. You all have great stories, and we want to hear them.
1: Now it's time for this week's Candor Checklist. We've talked about how you can learn something by watching other people's body language and how your own body language can send others a message. Now let's get into our specific tips for how body language can help you at work.
0: We've mentioned on the show before that we recommend giving feedback in person. And the reason is so that you can read the nonverbal cues that people are giving you so you can see how they're feeling before you can hear it in their voice. Our tips today are going to be focused on a case where you are giving feedback in person. Of course, if you aren't in the same location, you might not be able to give feedback in person. And in that case, we recommend video conference. You can still see some of the person's body language and reaction. If you missed it, we gave more tips for working with remote teams in episode 10. Okay, so on to our tips today. Tip number one. When giving feedback, watch the person's reaction to your praise or criticism and adjust. When you're praising somebody, does their body language show that they are surprised or confused or skeptical about your praise? For example, are they furrowing their eyebrows? Are their eyes sort of widening in surprise? Like, I can't believe I'm hearing this from you. Are they fidgeting uncomfortably? If they're doing that, any of those things or something else, if they're crossing their arms or crossing their legs... Ask some questions. Maybe you're praising the wrong thing. Maybe you don't give enough praise so they're shocked to hear it from you. Understand what's the reason for the reaction.
1: And, and a question could be simply just taking a pause as you're reading this body language that's confusing to you and doesn't seem aligned with what you're expecting. You might say something as simple as, is this resonating? Yeah. Right? Does this yeah. does this make sense to you? Uh, and, and you might even cop, too, because I'm detecting I'm feeling like this is a good thing and I'm not exactly getting that from your body language. So talk to me here. Tell me what you're thinking about this feedback I'm giving you.
0: Yeah. It's one of the most powerful things you can do as a manager is just call out body language. Don't ignore it. Same thing with criticism. Is somebody using their hand to brush away your criticism like it's a fly that's annoying them? If that's happening, be more direct, be more clear. You can move further out on the challenge directly dimension of radical candor. Is the person getting upset or defensive or angry? Just work on being more kind. This is your signal to move up on the care personally dimension of radical candor.
1: Yeah, and that brings us perfectly into tip number two, which is don't hide from emotion. So body language like you just said, often reflects emotion. And one reason that people avoid giving feedback in person is because they want to avoid an emotional reaction. Look, We get it. It is hard to deal with tears or yelling or somebody, you know, just saying you're wrong even. It's just uncomfortable.
0: Defensiveness, uncomfortable.
1: All of that stuff. But it is not the end of the world and it doesn't mean you did something wrong.
0: And you are not the wicked witch of the West. You're not going to melt in water, right? Tears, you're not water soluble. It'll be okay. You'll get through it.
1: It will be. We say, look, just go ahead and expect it. Expect some emotion. Body language will give you a great precursor to potentially some verbal emotion coming your way. But when the emotion eventually comes, just show basic compassion... Embrace it as an opportunity to show that you care personally. When someone starts to get emotional, being able to sit there and say, I understand how you're feeling. Tell me more. You know, Even going back to that question we asked in tip one, is this resonating? Anything to get that person talking to you about how they're feeling about what's happening. Plus, it's much better to see the body language and understand what the person is feeling than to hide from all of that and to be completely in the dark as to how things are going.
0: Way better. Tip number three, pay attention to how you're sitting. Remember that your body language is sending a message to the other person, whether you're giving or receiving feedback. Are you sending the message that you want to be sending? Are you telling somebody you're open to the feedback, or are you shutting down to it with your body language? The way that you're sitting or standing can communicate a lot about whether you care personally. It also communicates a lot about how receptive you are to feedback. So be open. Try not to sit or stand in a closed pose with your arms crossed. Be aware of your face. Sometimes you're scowling when you don't mean to.
1: I feel like you're talking specifically about me right now.
0: You don't, you don't scowl. You're not a scowler. But some, I've worked with a bunch of people who do scowl. <laughs> and it's funny. Often I'll say, you're scowling. Do you disagree? And they'll say, no, this just means I'm thinking. And then I don't have to get so upset about their scowling if I really believe them, which usually I do. So think about these things. Are you crossing your arms? Are you hunched over? Are your fists balled up in your pockets? Or are you relaxed and open? Are you directly looking the person in the eye from time to time? Are you facing the person?
1: Yeah, it's complicated. There's a lot to it, right? There's a lot to be mindful of. Maybe pick one or two of those things, think about them, and check out your own body language in a bunch of scenarios. And then as you start to get more conscious of your body language, you can then branch out and think about different kinds of body language.
0: And also just the interaction. Sometimes with some people, it's better to take a walk so you're not facing them, so you're looking in the same direction. For other people, it's better to sit and see their face.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure.
0: Step four, use body language to be more confident. Okay, lastly, there's another way that you can use body language to your advantage at work. And that's using your own body language to make yourself feel more confident.
1: Yeah, I I've I've heard of this, you know, fake it till you make it. <laughs> um You're it's, like doing, it's like doing a big Big power poses before a big interview, right?
0: I know it sounds ridiculous, uh, (laughs) but it actually, I have seen it work. We already know that body language affects how others see us, but there really is research that shows that changing your body language could also change the way that you see yourself, and more importantly, how you feel about yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty big at the workplace, I'd say. It is pretty important to feel confident. As you can gather, I'm a little more skeptical on sort of this power pose idea. With all
0: due respect, you were born doing the power pose (laughs) because you're a white male, right? (laughs) But others of us weren't born doing the power pose. So very notably, there's the work of social psychologist Amy Cuddy, who found in a study that standing in a posture of confidence can actually raise testosterone in the brain. Now, Russ... I'm sure your testosterone and cortisol levels are always where they should well, I'm, be. Well, but... I'm 45 now, so the testosterone
1: <laughs> maybe not not as much anymore. Yeah, but I don't know.
0: You, I don't know. I doubt it. So,
1: how do you stand? I mean,
0: a power pose, like one with your legs wide apart and firm on the ground and your arms really strong up in the air or on your hips, kind of the Wonder Woman pose. So even if you don't feel really confident, standing in a power pose can make you feel like you are confident. And that is really important for succeeding at work.
1: Let's listen to a clip from Amy Cuddy's famous TED Talk from 2012.
0: Tiny tweaks can lead to big changes. Before you go into the next stressful evaluative situation, for two minutes, try doing this in the elevator, in a bathroom stall, at your desk behind closed doors. That's what you want to do. Get Configure your brain to cope the best in that situation. Get your testosterone up. Get your cortisol down. Don't leave that situation feeling like, oh, I didn't show them who I am. Leave that situation feeling like, oh, I really feel like I got to say who I am and show who I am.
1: Now, that is really incredible, um, regardless of whether or not science behind power posing is real. I think that's a great tip for anyone.
0: It absolutely is. And I think it's especially important for women. There, there was this woman who I was coaching and this is you're going to laugh at me, Russ, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, because I felt her pain. I could see when she was presenting, she was kind of hunching over hmm. and i It seemed to me what she was doing was she was pretending she didn't have breasts. She was pretending she wasn't a woman. And so I played for her this Amy Cuddy talk. And then I said, when you present next time... I want you to thrust your boobs out into the middle of the room. She looked at me like I was crazy, but <laughs> but she was commenced. Uh, that,
1: understandably. Yeah,
0: understandably. But she was commenced to try it, and she was astounded. And I was astounded, frankly, because, like, I love the Amy Cuddy talk, but I didn't know it would work so well for her. But when she just stood up straight and, like, shoulders back mm-hmm. she presented so much better to the point that everybody in the room was like wow what happened nobody noticed that she was sticking her boobs out they just was like <laughs> she she seemed a lot more confident it was remarkable
1: and it sounds like a near instantaneous turnaround
0: yeah i love these kind of tips that don't take a lot of practice or what are you just change the way you sit i, I guess it was a little bit more than just changing the way you're sitting it was understanding What she was trying to do, she was sort of like pretending she wasn't a woman. So be proud of who you are.
1: That's a great story. I don't know. I think maybe I'm converted. All right. So let's go ahead and summarize the candor checklist for everybody. Tip number one, when giving feedback, watch the person's reaction to your praise or criticism and adjust. Tip number two,
0: don't hide from emotion.
1: Tip number three, pay attention to how you're sitting or standing.
0: Tip number four, use body language to be more confident.
1: You can revisit these tips by going to the show notes for the episode at radicalcandor.com slash podcast.
0: And that's it for Radical Candor this week. Our producers are Kristen Meinzer and Jennifer Lai. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply and to Elise Lockhart at Candor Inc. Our theme song is written and performed by the great Cliff Goldmacher.
1: Please let us know what you think of the show and share your stories and challenges with us. You'll find us on Twitter at Candor. Our email address is podcast at radicalcandor.com and our website is, of course, radicalcandor.com.
0: You can get the Radical Candor book and the Candor Coach iOS app now. The book is available wherever you buy books and the app is available in the iOS app store. Android users, we haven't forgotten you. We love you, and we're working on an Android app.
1: I use Android, by the way, so I definitely haven't forgotten them. If you like our podcast, please be sure to tell a friend. And also make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, your favorite podcast app, so you can automatically get each new episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. It helps other people discover our show.
0: I'm Kim Scott.
1: And I'm Russ Laraway. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.